Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Olivia Bush, CEO of Flowforma, a no-code process automation platform that's raised over $4 million in funding. Olivia, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me, Brett. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Flowforma, who's a leading provider of enterprise class no-code business process automation tools. I previously was the CMO of Flowforma and progressed to the CEO. And I've been working in the tech sector for over 25 years. So I have a specialist expertise in tech marketing and a good understanding of how businesses can use tech to work smarter and stay competitive. Nice. I like that progression to the CEO role. I think most of the time that you know, the companies that we speak to, it's an engineer who became the CEO or you know they just started out starting the company right away and were CEO. So that's a really interesting way to go from CMO to CEO. Yeah, whenever I got this role, I remember a few people saying to me that broken two glass ceilings at once because there's not many female CEOs in tech companies, but also you're quite right. There's not many that progress from CMO to CEO. But, you know, with digital marketing, I think a CMO is actually a great role to do before you do CEO because with digital marketing, everything's very analytical. It's very methodical. You have to track and, you know, you continuously are analyzing your performance and your results and seeing how to improve it. And a lot of that just naturally flows over to the CEO role. Totally. That makes sense. And you must be a, a real pleasure to work with because you understand the importance of marketing. What I see a lot with you know, more, let's say, technical founders is they don't understand the value of marketing. You have to constantly tell them, you know, the best product alone doesn't win. So from a marketing perspective, you must be very easy to work with. Yeah, maybe the techies would say the opposite, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm always looking for, you know, what's the market demand and what do people want? I don't just want this cool gadget or this cool feature because you think it's cool, I need to know. But you're absolutely right. I've had a lot of women recruiting for salespeople and marketing people. You know, a lot of them say the reason that a girl last week has said the reason she'd like to come is because she'd seen that I had a marketing background and, you know, she was struggling exactly with what you had said, getting the tech people to understand that it's about the market. And that's why she wanted to come. So, yeah, there's not that many of us, but hopefully it's, I think, as I said, I think with digital marketing now, I think you're going to see more CMOs moving into that role. Totally. Yeah, I can see that. And that certainly makes a lot of sense. Now, changing gears a little bit, two questions we'd like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a leader. Is there a CEO that you look up to the most and why? Yeah, I had to think about this and I thought I'm probably going to, supposed to pick someone famous, but you know, I decided I wasn't going to. There's a, another CEO in Ireland called Mark Murphy and it's the CEO of Fenergo. 
who are a SaaS-based platform that transformed the client's experience in financial firms. And he has been a personal inspiration to me because of the journey that he's taken for Nergro on. So they were a startup in 2009 and they got unicorn status last year. So yeah, that's a journey that I'd love to take flow form on. So it's more of a, a personal direct influence. And I suppose it's someone else from Ireland and it makes you feel more like if they can do it, you can do it, right? Yep. I love that. And I love when people share examples of you know local leaders or you know some of the less known CEOs. It's you know very easy to say like Jeff Bezos or any of these you know more famous people, but it's always more interesting, I think, when it's someone that's you know a bit closer to home. Yeah, and I think in your own personal, certainly for me, in your personal career journey, it's those kind of people that you meet along the way that really impact you. You know, you can read all the books, but it's the people you meet and you talk to and you actually can see the whites of their eyes and you know they're real that really impact you because it just makes everything seem so much more real. Totally. Makes a lot of sense. And what about books? Is there a book that's had the greatest impact on you as a CEO and as a leader? Yeah, there's lots of books. So I was thinking about this. There's The First 90 Days by Michael Watkins, which was one of the first books I read when I took this role. And it's a great kind of gives you a good blueprint for what to do in the first three months. There's The Growth Roadmap, which is by Select Strategies, Paul O'Day and Amor O'Donnell. And it's really good. I've based a lot of Flow Formas Growth Strategy on it. But one of the books that I find the most enjoyable and really stands out to me. And again, it's quite a new book, so I don't know if everyone would know it, but it's called The Qualified Sales Leader. And it's by John Mann, who is a five-time CRO for public companies. And it's just a real practical book. It gives you practical solutions to real-life issues in enterprise SaaS sales forces. So when I read that book, we actually, the SLT and the sales team, we did it as a book club because I loved it so much. I said, right, we're going to do this as a book club. So we all had to read that book and we met every week to discuss it. And you can really see the practical examples that are in the book now being used throughout the company. So yeah, I'm a very practical person. So it's those kind of down to earth books that I can take and, and reapply in, in our business that I really like. Nice. I love that. Now, let's talk about what you're building there at Flowforma. So can you give us the origin story of the company and then just a high-level overview of what the company does? Yeah, sure. Flowforma spun out of Ergo, who are the largest privately owned IT services company in Ireland. So there was a project within Ergo. It's a services company. And as part of that project, people started to realize there was no products. There wasn't a workflow product out there for business people and they saw there was a niche in the market and that's how Flowforma came about because we're really quite unique in that from inception we've been created for business people so we were never created for coders or developers it was always built from inception as a tool for business users so then in 2016 we created our own entity and we've kind of grown from strengths to strengths. So we're a business process, automation, workflow, digital transformation tool. And it's all about making automation and workflow tools affordable for 
more people for business people because traditionally business process management tools would have been very expensive and it would only been the really big enterprises that could afford them. So with the SaaS model, you know, we're making it much more affordable to lots of people and also specifically for business users so that you can empower those people who know the processes best and remove the dependency in IT. So we still, you know, work closely with IT, but it just removes that dependency on IT, which is much needed at the moment, given the developer shortage. Nice. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And what market category do you place yourself in? Is it no-code process automation, or what's the actual market category? And in general, how do you think about market categories? Is this you know something that's totally new or transforming an existing one? Yeah, it would be a, traditionally the space would be digital process automation. The fact we're no-code, we would be seen as disrupting that space or disrupting the traditional. BPM space with a more innovative approach to developing your process automation and workflow products. So I would love to say we're a new category and that we're no code process automation and there's not that many of us. But I think in most of the analyst reports, we would be seen as disruptive in the digital process automation space. Nice. Very cool. And where are you seeing the most adoption right now? Are there any you know, specific industries? And then in terms of company size, what does that typically look like? Yeah, so the good thing about Flowforma is that it can be used across all industries. But we are seeing a lot of traction in healthcare and construction. And I think particularly in construction, it's because that has previously been perceived as lagging behind when it comes to technology. So even pre-COVID, I would say we started to see a pickup in the construction industry where they're preparing, you know, for a future filled with technology and they realized that they needed to digitize their processes and, you know, come up more up to speed with the other industries. But really, COVID has acted as a catalyst for us because that has really forced people to get rid of their paper processes and to go Because of the hybrid working model, you know, passing things from person to person doesn't work so much anymore. And a lot of people are working from home. Like I know companies worked, had a hybrid model before COVID, but a lot more have been forced to put Mm -hmm. it in place since COVID. And, you know, if people are working all over the world remotely, moving paper from person to person doesn't work anymore. Even access to Excel spreadsheets and things like that, it becomes difficult if lots of people are accessing it. So the flow for material really brings a structure to people's workday. So definitely COVID has acted as a catalyst, particularly in construction and healthcare for us, because obviously in healthcare, it's important that the people using the processes adopted as well. Same with construction. You know, you're looking those people that are out in the field to adopt the technology. You know, those are both labor intensive industries and there's lots of tasks that are mandatory and lead into the employee's time. So you really want those people to adopt the technology to save their time and to stop things being lost. Nice. Very cool. And what about uh, geographies? Are you just focused in Ireland right now, or is it Europe, or is it global? Yeah, no, it's definitely global. We actually have more customers in the US and the UK, 
the main markets would be the US, the UK and Ireland. We're just about to open an office in New York. So that will be opening in January. And they've got mm-hmm. some people in the ground in the US now. So we have officially set up a US company as well. So yeah, the expansion plans are mostly into the US, Brett. Nice. And when a company adopts your platform, what's the typical time to value? You know, how long does it take until they can start really seeing this add value to automating their processes? Yeah, it really depends how complex the process is. But on average, I would say it's about six weeks. Like some people, you can, if it's a very simple process, it could be built in two hours, but to roll that out across the organization, it usually takes about six weeks for them to go live. Now, as part of our license we include an our onboarding program called sure start in that and we handhold you and train you on the tool until your first process is live but our ethos is all around getting you to become self-sufficient so you don't have to pay for expensive it resources but we'll handhold you as much or as little as you want to get you there got it and as I'm sure you've seen, you know, there's a lot of buzz around no code, process automation, low code, you know, all these types of things. It just seems like there's a new company that's you know using these buzzwords every day. What are you doing to really rise above the noise and you know, get your customers to pay attention to what you're building? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the unique things about us, as I said before, is that we are totally focused on the business person and you know, from inception, that's what the product's been about. And that's our vision. We want to stay true to that. We want to stay true to a tool for business users that doesn't require any coding. And it's always one of the tests when we're when developers come and say the fancy new features, that's always one of the tests we go through. You know, I would say, Can I do that? Can I use that? Because I'm not a developer or a coder. And that was one of the things that excited me about Flowformer when I first seen it, because I'd been writing about technology for maybe 20 years. And it always was something that I knew enough to be able to write about, but I wouldn't have been able to roll out the technology myself. I would have had to get help. Whereas with Flowformer, I could roll out and manage like our financial controller, you know, uses our tool for our performance reviews our expenses, our leave requests, and she can manage and roll that out and automate those processes all herself. So I think, you know, staying true to that vision will make us stand out and not compromising on that. And also always communicating with their customers to better understand their needs and staying close to the market. So I think we're a very market-led company. And I think Mm -hmm. that makes us quite unique. So yeah, those are kind of all about market differentiation and keeping the product leading edge, Brett. That makes a whole lot of sense. And what would you say has been your greatest challenge as you've brought this to market? And how did you overcome that challenge? I think initially in 2016, when I joined Flowforma, one of the greatest challenges was that it wasn't a mature marketplace. So it was it was new. People had never heard you didn't understand what does no code mean? What does low code mean? So there was a lot of educating people had to be done and really demonstrating to them the value of digitization. So it, yeah, it's not so much now because as you said, it's a buzzword now, people understand it. But back in 2016, these tools and that those terms were all new to people. 
So that was a really big challenge. And also, you know, Flowforma, we're not a global name. We're not known. The other big thing, I think, is just really getting people to understand the value that it brings. You know, people, it requires change and it requires change to the way that you work. And people are naturally resistant to change. So it might be easier to just to stumble on the way you are, even though, you know, you're losing thousands of pounds or hours a day by continuing, you know, your administration hours, you've man hours in the job, lots of emails. But sometimes it's hard to quantify the value of that and people just want to go on. So we have put in place a proof of value workshop to help people realize what they can save and what they're losing by not doing anything. But those are some of the challenges. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like those are some common challenges that every company has to overcome. Now, last question for you. If we zoom out into the future, what would you say is the five-year vision for Flowforma? Yeah, well, we recently raised $4 million in investment from existing and new investors. So that was just back in April. So I think we were quite good on the timing on that to get that in. And that obviously allows a new phase of growth and global expansion for the company. So the vision will be to expand our teams globally into the U.S., immediately will be the first one and also we're rolling out a next generation of the product next year so to do that you know we have to hire so we'll be increasing employees from 30 to 100 with new roles across all the areas of the business from sales and marketing right through to customer service and R&D so yeah exciting time hopefully on the stage of high growth for the company and then who knows maybe maybe we'll be a unicorn one day like Fenergo. <laughs> nice. I love it. Well, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. But before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, well, www.flowpharma.com. There's a lot of information there. But if you want to follow what we're doing, our LinkedIn page would be the best. We post quite frequently on that and you can get in touch with any of us through that. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it and really enjoyed this conversation. Got to learn a lot about you and really love what you guys are building. So keep up the great work and let's keep in touch. Thanks, Brett. All right. Take care.